Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. First Corinthians 13. We're going to start reading at verse number 4. Here we go. Would you read those first three words with me? Let's do it again. Love is patient. Okay, we can go home now. If we get that down, it'll change our lives, right? That's right. Here we go. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It, is not, it, it does not dishonor others. Now, let me just say, other translation says love is not rude. Amen? It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always what, everybody? Perseveres. Always perseveres. Now look at this. The next three words. Let's read them out loud. You ready? Come on. Love never fails. Love never fails. Let's stop right there. Would you do me a favor? Would you just take your hands and hold them out like this? And would you just close your eyes and bow your heads and repeat this prayer out loud with me? Would you pray this with me? Dear God. I'm here today. I open my mind and my heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. you. May be seated, everybody. We've been in a series over the last couple of weeks here at SEC called Choose Love. And if you missed any of it, we'd invite you to go back and watch that. And again, it is so good to have every one of you that are watching online today. And we've been given this biblical definition of love. And we've decided that love is this. Biblical love is doing good for another person no matter how I feel. Did you hear that, everybody? Biblical love is doing good for another person no matter how I feel. And so we've been saying four words to help us to help us get that and, and to put it into practice. And those four words are this. Here they are. Let's read them. Let's say them together. Ready, everybody? I choose to love. Come on, everybody. I choose to love. Because love is a choice. If I'm going to do good for someone, no matter how I feel, I've got to choose to do good. And so, as a matter of fact, uh, those two words that we've been saying at our church all year is do good. When you don't know what to do, do good. Amen? When you can't think of what to do, do good. It changes everything changes everything. Now, today I want to talk to you about uh, people that we all have in our lives, and they're called VDPs, very draining people. <laughs> VDPs. You come on the right day. I've saved it for Mother's Day. Here it is, very draining people. Now, let me just tell you who they may be, all right? So, we would call the very draining people, the first one I would describe is, a, is difficult people. Is the difficult people, they make crazy. Amen. They're, 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 matter of fact, I wrote this down about them, that they're hard to get along with, and they seem to be unpleasable, and they're rude. Now, stop looking down the row, everybody. Look this way, all right? We don't, we don't want to start a fight now. That's right, yeah. And they're rude. Then the next one is what I call demanding people. And demanding people, they're aggressive, they're pushy, uh, it's like they want their way, they tend to be stubborn, and they tend to think they're always right. Okay, just keep your eyes right up here, right? 
The next one is uh, what I would call the disappointing people. Is that disappointing people, they, they let you down. You know that when they tell you they're going to do something, they don't do it. They just don't follow through. They're, they're just disappointing. They disappoint you. And then there's what I call the destructive people. And the destructive people, they just don't like you and they want to get at you any way they can. And they're always putting digs in. They're always doing everything they can to derail your life and to derail you. And so these are called VDPs, very draining people. So today we have a challenge. I have a challenge before me today. And that is this, as a title you see on your outline is this, is, is how to respond in love to difficult people. Aren't you glad you come today? Amen, everybody. Oh, nobody has any difficult people in their life. Okay, I see that. Yeah, that's right. We won't have you raise your hand because they may be sitting beside you. So I want to give you three things today that I believe will help you and that look at me, everybody. I have not perfected. I am trying myself. I do not have all of this down, but I, I, I'm learning and I want you to learn with me because you can't do better, be better till you know, know better. So I'm going to help you know better today and me too so we can do better. The first thing I would tell you when you want to learn to love a difficult person is this. Number one is, is be tactful, not just truthful. <clears throat> be tactful, not just truthful. Now, as we read the, the passage on love that we usually read at weddings, you heard it today, but love is not rude, everybody. Love is not rude. Matter of fact, love listens. Love listens. I would say this even about love that, uh, that you know, that love says, okay, I'm not going to return rudeness for rudeness. Oh, yeah, it got real quiet in here. That's right. Oh, no, you didn't. Z formation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look what the Bible says. James 1 and 19. My dear brothers and sisters of Stockbridge Community Church. Just to make you know, he's talking to us, all right? It's us. Take note of this. That means, oh, pay attention. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to what, everybody? And slow to what? And slow to become... Now, I just want to tell you that next week, I'm doing a whole message on anger. I think it's going to be one of the most life-changing messages that I've done so far this year. I really believe that. I'm studying now. I hope you'll be here for it because everybody's got an anger issue, not just a person that's hot-headed, everybody. And you can't be free until you let go of that. So we're going to talk about that next week. He goes on to say, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So what is he saying? The first thing he's saying is that we're going we're gonna to learn to listen. We're going to listen. And we're going to listen for this reason. We want to listen because when we begin to listen, we begin to understand people. So listening is, means I'm seeking to understand you instead of asking you to understand me. Most of us are so, so bent on trying to get people to understand our point of view that we never hear their point of view. And so we're going to listen. And most of us don't listen to understand. We listen so we can retaliate. Amen, Amen everybody. Amen. You said that. So, so I'm listening to what you got to say so I can go and build my defense in my mind. And when you stop, I'm going to let you have it. Come on, somebody. And so we got to learn to listen. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. We're to listen twice as much as we talk. 
And unfortunately, nobody in our culture today knows how to listen. And that's what's so much chaos in our lives. And so we should, we should be, because it's rude, it's rude to interrupt people. Amen, everybody? Look what the Bible says here in, in Proverbs 18 and 13. I love the message of what it says, the paraphrase. He says, answering before listening is both what? And rude, stupid and rude. You see, tact is listening. If you're going to be tactful, you've got to learn to listen. Love listens, everybody. Love listens. That's the most loving thing you can do is listen to someone. Listen to them. And then when we respond tactfully, we're going to respond tactfully and not just truthfully. Now, that's important. Listen to this, everybody. Because you can be right. Okay, I want to show you an equation here. Right plus rude equals wrong. You can be right in what you, you can be dead on. You can be right on. And you're, what you're going to say can be so truthful. But if you say it rudely, then you're wrong. And let me just tell you something. If you're right and you're rude, nobody's listening to you. If you're right and you're rude, nobody's listening. You can have all the answers. You can be right on target. But if you're rude about it, nobody's listening. And so that makes us wrong. Right plus rude equals wrong every time. Proverbs 16, look what it says. 1621. The wise are known for their understanding and pleasant words are what, everybody? Persuasive. Persuasive. Not rude words. Rude words never persuade people. It makes them mad. Even the the most kind-hearted person, when when you're rude to them, they may not say anything, but they're ticked off on the inside. Amen? So, let me say this, tact and tone go together. Tact and tone. In other words, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Matter of fact, I can tell you, you can change the definition of words just by the tone you use. Like this, like, I'll just give you an example. Like the word, hello. You know, I can say to you, well, hello, everybody. A little pleasant. Or I could say, hello. <laughs> or I can say, hello. <laughs> See what I'm talking? I just changed the definition of hello. Right? Everything. And, and what I want you to know is that your tone changes everything. If you, matter of fact, I, we say this at SEC, to change your tone, change your home. Amen, everybody? When you change the way that you say things to each other, it changes everything. And that's a challenge that I'm working on myself. Rhonda says, Jeff, sometimes you get this look on your face. You just get this look. I'm, not, I'm unaware of it. Sometimes I'll walk up and she said, there it is. I'm like, what? <laughs> I struggle as well. Okay. So I want you to take a next step. Matter of fact, it's on your connection card. And we're going to take it because we're praying over every one of these cards. That's why you must turn it in because you need help with this. And so you're going to check the box that says, I will do my best to be more tactful, everybody. Would you check that box? Because remember, change your tone, change your home. Okay, so first of all, we just, we just said this. We said, that okay, we're going to be truthful. We're going to be tact. We're going to use tact and not just be truthful, all right? 
Number two is this, is we're going to be gentle and not judgmental. Oh, Mm-mm-mm. your mama told me you'd be here today. <laughs> Some of you feel set up already, don't you? Dang it. Be, uh, uh, I got so I just started laughing inside. I'm like, man, somebody's in here thinking that. Galatians six and one says this: My brothers and sisters of Stockbridge Community Church, there it is again. If someone is caught in any kind of wrongdoing, those who those of you who are spiritual should set him what? Set him right. Now that got my attention right there. Like, yes, let's do it. We're gonna take somebody out. We're gonna set them right. But then here, here's that word, but. But you must do it in a what kind of way, everybody? Gentle way. Gentle way. The Bible's not about being rude. Gentle. And keep an eye on yourself so that you will not be tempted to. Now, let me say something before we move on there. That is so important. Because many times, the very things that you go out to set right if you're not careful, will consume you too. You know, it's like the police officer, the, the young man who become a police officer. He grew up in a neighborhood where there was drugs sold all the time, and he decided he wanted to do something about it, so he became a police officer so he could fight crime. And before he knew that, because he was around so much crime, that the crime got him. So he went out to change that, but ended up changing him. And how many pastors do we know that, you know, went, set out to save the world, and all of a sudden the world got them? And all of us, I'm just saying, we all have to be careful. Now, what I want to teach you today, I'm going to teach you a principle right now that is life-changing. And that principle is this, is there is a difference between being judgmental and using judgment. Amen, everybody? Every, seems like every, you can't say anything without someone saying, you're judging, you're being judgmental. Oh, I ain't ju- you're judging me. You, you hear that all the time? Everywhere we go, oh, you're judging me. Oh, don't judge them. And we have just taken that word and just like, what? But there is a difference between being judgmental and using good judgment. Amen? You know, the person, I I met people who say, you know what? What I don't like, I don't like how my boyfriend or girlfriend's treating me, but I don't want to judge them. I'm like, are you crazy? You can continue to be abused or you can begin to use good judgment and get yourself out of that situation. Amen? Amen. There is a difference between being judgmental and using good judgment. Good judgment is, is knowing the difference between right and wrong and making a decision based on what you know to be right and wrong. It is not judgmental to do what's right, everybody. It's only judgmental when you take the truth and you beat somebody over the head with it. But we got to know the truth, don't we? And we have, to, we have to use good If there's something that we're lacking today, it is good judgment. And we need the good judgment. Now, it's Mother's Day today, so I thought I would share this passage with you. Proverbs 15, 4 and 5, look what it says. Would you read those first two words? Gentle words. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Only a fool despises a parent's what? Whoever learns from correction is what? Did you hear that? That's that's Mother's Day right there. Listen to your mama. That's what what he said. Listen to your mama. Listen to your dad. 
I want to tell you this. Uh, let me, I want to speak to you just a second, parents. Your children need your correction. They need your correction. If they're still living in your house, they need your correction. Now, if they're 40 years old, you got to let it go. <laughs> Amen, everybody. Unless they're still in your basement, tell them to get out. <laughs> right? Time to go. Spread your wings. Go. I want to share. It's important for parents today. Parents today feel like there's this pressure that I'm being judgmental if I tell my 10-year-old what's right and wrong. No, 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 no. You're not being judgmental. You're teaching your children good judgment. And if you don't teach them good judgment, somebody else will be glad to teach them their philosophy. Amen? And that's what we have today. So we got we to work on this. And all I want to tell you is this, is that this is so powerful to me. And it's, it's so important to me. And I hope it's important to you because I've experienced this one time. A, a young lady come to see Rhonda and I. She was in her early 20s. And she come and sit down and she begin to tell us a story of how that she was, she was in high school when she had been in high school. She was dating an older guy who was out of high school. And how did she, she begin to, to ask her parents, why don't we just let him move into our house with us? And her parents said, no. And she just kept on, kept on. Well, their parents are letting him do it. And their parents are letting him do it. Everybody did. It's okay. And finally, her parents said, okay. They let him move in. And he went from moving into the guest bedroom to eventually moving into her bedroom. And her parents allowed it. And this young lady come and sat across from Rhonda and I with a face I'll never forget. As tears are flowing down her face, she said, why? Pastor, tell me why. Why would my mom and dad not say no to me? Why would they not stand up and say no and realize that they're protecting me? Why would they allow that in their home? Don't they know that he was abusing me and that he would hurt me and he has hurt me and he's abused me? And pastor, today I'm struggling with all this because they allowed it. Why wouldn't my mom and dad say no? I want to tell you today, Mom and Dad, I want to set you free. I know your children are going to come at you and they're going to put all kinds of pressure on you because they're going to want to do things that are wrong. That's what children do. And that's why they have parents to have guardrails up. Amen, everybody? They're going to want to, they're going to, want to step out here. They're going to want to do that. That's right. But God gave them a mom and dad like you to know good moral principles and say, no, we're not going to allow that in our home. And you can get mad at me. You can go on social media and talk about how bad I am as a mom and a dad. But it's okay. I'm going to hold on to the truth. Amen, everybody. They're going to do that. They're going to do those things. But but you need to be mom and you need to be dad. And you hold on to the truth. And you're not being judgmental. You're teaching good judgment. So mom and dad, right now in the name of Jesus, it's okay to say no. Amen, everybody. God says no. There's many things that God says no to. Why? Because it'll hurt you. You don't want to be that parent that says 
well, I just gave in and let them do it. And then they come back and say, why didn't you say no? Many times they're going to come back and say, thank you for saying no. Amen, everybody? So let's say our four words together. You ready? I choose to love. Let's say it. I choose to love. Number three. The third thing is let it go. We've talked about how we want to have tact and not just be truthful. We talked about be gentle without being judgmental. And the third thing is we got to let it go. We have to let it go. When you're dealing with difficult people, you guys, sometimes you just got to let it go. Amen? The problem in our culture today is that too many people are pre-offended. It had none. They were already offended before they saw you. So we got to raise the bar on what it takes to offend us and lower the bar on what it takes to forgive. Amen? My daughter, one time we were sitting around eating dinner when they were at home. My kids were at home and eating dinner and it was sort of quiet. And my daughter went, oh, look there, what's wrong with you? She says, do you have to breathe? (laughs) She didn't like the way I was breathing. Sometimes people go through stuff like that, right? That's what you call being a teenager. I said, yes, I have to breathe to live. And I choose to live. Leviticus says this. Do not bear what, everybody? A grudge. Would you circle that word grudge? Do not bear a grudge against anyone, but settle your differences with him so that you will not commit a sin because of him. Because if you let a grudge grow, you're going to be doing something you wish you uh, hadn't have done. Amen, everybody? Do not take revenge on anyone or continue to hate. Would you circle those three words, continue to hate? And once you circle that, would you just draw a line between the word grudge and continue to hate? Would you draw a line between that? Because when you have a grudge... That means you have something against someone that you keep thinking about. Eventually, you're going to start hating them. That means they're going to consume your mind. He said, but love your neighbor as as you love yourself. I am the Lord. Now, how do we do this? How do we we continue to, to have a grudge? The way we do that is we rehearse the hurt. When we keep playing it over and over in our minds what someone's done to us. And by the way, let me just say this to you. Talking about forgiveness, you gotta forgive your parents, everybody. I don't know any child that don't, doesn't feel like their parents done something to them. So everybody's gotta forgive their parents, amen? And I'm a parent, you know what? And I know that my children, I know I've done things to hurt them. I know I have, I know I have. So I just tell them, listen, forgive me. And when you get to have children, you get to mess their life up. <laughs> Amen, everybody? <laughs> That's too much truth right there, isn't it? <laughs> what I want to say is this, is that it's so important that you and I let it go because we keep rehearsing over and over in our minds what someone has done to us. 
And many people sitting in this room and many of you that are watching online right now, the person that hurts you is dead and gone, but they're still hurting you because you keep rehearsing what they did to you. Psychologists after psychologists have said this, that whatever you rehearse, you will eventually resemble. The problem is, is that, you know, if you keep focusing on your potential and what you have the potential to do for good, then guess what? Your life is going to move forward. You're going to move in that direction. You will move, you will move to direction what your thoughts are constantly going to. And if your thoughts are constantly going back to your pain, guess what? You'll keep moving back to your pain and you will become like the people who hurt you. Someone says, I never want to be like my dad. I don't, I'm not going to be like him. And they keep saying it over and over again. Guess who they like? Their dad. I'm never going to be like this one. I'm never going to be like that. And they keep saying it over and over again. And that's all they think about. I'm not going to be like that. And they just keep moving more and more toward that person. You got to let it go. You know, we keep rehearsing this. You know, another way we keep rehearsing it is through gossip. Oh, God hates gossip. Man, I, if I had time, I could take you through the scripture and show you where God says, I hate it. Because gossip hurts you. It's, gossip is nothing more than pride. You know that? All gossip is is trying to make someone else look, look bad so it'll make you look better. That's all right. You can get quiet on me if you want to. That's the truth. I'm talking, you talk bad about somebody else. Oh, you like, oh, and you know how the church gossips? Oh, we need to pray for them. Let me tell you, though, we got to pray for them. You can put your little holy wrap on it, you want it, but it's still unholy. Amen? We have to be careful because you're going to resemble what you keep rehearsing in your mind. So I want to challenge you to let it go, everybody, to let it go. Now, Matthew 6 and 12, Jesus tells us in the, in the Lord's Prayer that we have to do this. Look what he says. He says, and forgive us our debts or our sins as we forgive our debtors. In other words, I have to receive God's forgiveness and then I have to forgive others. I wonder, why did God, why did Jesus say, forgive us first, because you cannot give something you have not got. If you haven't, if you haven't received forgiveness, you cannot give forgiveness. And so today, there's many of you in this room, the reason that you're, you can't sleep well is because you have unforgiveness in your heart. You know that you need God's forgiveness. And let me just tell you something, today is the day that you get it. And you get it by asking him. And if you're not a Christ follower today, the way you get a clean heart is you ask Jesus to come in your heart. And you say, well, how does Jesus come into my heart? Is that man going to move in? No, 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 he doesn't move in. The Bible says it's by his spirit. And his spirit is like the wind. You can't see it, but you feel its effects. And there's so many of us in this room right now that have received Christ into our life. And we, we, can, we say, man, it's so good. And you know what? There's no way we can explain it to you. It's like chocolate cake. You've got to taste it to experience it. <laughs> Amen, everybody. Would you just bow your heads with me, everyone? Those of you that are watching online as well. I'm going to pray this prayer, and I want you to say it in your heart, not even out loud. And if you mean it, 
Jesus will save you and he'll help you with life. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I know I've done things that have hurt you. Please save me, Lord Jesus. I want to do my best to live for you. And I want the hope of heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want the freedom from pain. Today, I give you my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Amen, everybody. Let's give God a hand for all the people that just prayed that prayer. Every week, people pray that prayer in this room and online as well. If you did that, would you just check the box on this connection card? I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to send you something in the mail. Those of you that are watching online as well, I want to send you something in the mail that will help you in your journey. And we want everybody to turn a card in on your way out so we can pray over you this week as well. I want to say one more thing to you today. Look at this next verse. 1 Corinthians 13 and 5, talking about love, says, Love keeps no record of wrong. Let's say that together. Ready, Ready, everybody? Love keeps no record of wrong. Let's say it again. Love keeps no record of wrong. In order to let it go, you've got to release the evidence. I've been the pastor of this church for 28 years. It was in about my fifth or sixth year that I encountered a person that sent me a letter. And man, they told me how, what a horrible person I was. They were not kind at all. They told me they didn't even like my mama. They didn't know her. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they were bad. And I read, I read that letter and I was like, what? And I'm going to tell you something. It made me mad. And the first thing I thought about doing was calling them up and say, where do you want to meet? Let's go. You know, you can't get along. Let's just get it on. Come on. My flesh is like yours. I felt rage. And I said, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep this letter because that person was leaving our church. Thank God they were leaving. But they had family in our church, so I thought they might come back. And so I kept that letter. I told Rhonda, I said, if they ever come back, I'm getting this letter and I'm going to go read it to all their family members and let them know what a horrible person they are. That letter, I kept that letter. I put it, buddy, I had it sealed up and I thought about it. I'd walk by that letter. It'd be in my, on my desk. I'd see it every day and I'd just get mad all over again. You know what began to happen to me? I began to be more mad toward my family. More anger, bitterness began to get a hold of my heart. and began to take me down. I never will forget the day that I got down to pray. And the Lord, I heard this voice inside of me say, tear the letter up. I said, I ain't doing it. I am not going to do it. Nobody talks to me like that. Nobody should ever do that to me. I'm not doing it. But I want to tell you, I realized that the problem that I had was that I was holding, as long as I held on to that letter, that letter had a hold of me. And that man who said all those horrible things still had a hold over my life. For one year, he controlled my life because I had that letter. I finally had to tear it up, throw it away. Now listen, I've been the pastor here 28 years. Have I gotten more of those letters? Oh, absolutely. 
Have I gotten more of those emails? Absolutely. But I've learned something called a delete button. Amen, everybody. I just never in that moment have I allowed so what someone had to say about me to control me anymore because you know what? I, I, every time after it's over, if, I, if it's something I need to talk to them about, I will, but I just tear it up because you know what? I'm not holding on to that anymore. I'm letting go. And it changed my life and God began to use my life in a greater way once I let it go and I tore up that. What's holding you back? I don't know. What letter are you holding on to? What are you holding on to this? someone said to you or did to you what are you holding on to hoping that one day I'm going to tell them about it I'm going to let them have it until you let it go you're never going to be free you have to be free baptism you know what I love about baptism it's baptism is the greatest sign that I'm letting it go that's why I tell you, if you haven't been baptized or you need to be rebaptized, then sign up to be baptized. Why? Because it's letting it go. And I can tell you what, after that one year, I can tell you that the chains were off of me. Chains were off. It was stealing what God had for me. And today I want to challenge you on this Mother's Day. Let it go. Let me tell you something. Forgiveness is simply letting it go. It's making a choice every day to let it go. When that thought comes to your mind again, you choose to let it go. You say, how do I do that, Pastor? If I tell you, instead of dwelling on what they've done to you, you dwell on what God has done for you. Amen, everybody. Instead of saying, oh, I remember what, every time that thought comes, you say, no, no, no. God, you have been so good to me. You have saved me, oh God. You have blessed my life, Lord. Your favor is on me. I know you're with me, oh God. I know you got me. I know you're carrying me. I know you're with me yesterday. Lord, when I almost had a wreck, you were there with me. I ain't got no time for that, God, because you're with me. Amen, everybody. God's favor's on me. I can't hold on to those chains. No, no, they're off because God's got me. Hallelujah. No, no, you ain't holding me down anymore. No, God's been too good. Nobody's been that bad to overcome God's goodness. Amen. Would you stand with me, everybody? Hallelujah. Lord of God, is, I'm free today. How about you? That's why we sing Amazing Grace, everybody. How sweet the sound that saved a poor wrench like me. I was lost, but now I'm fine. I was blind, but now I see. Amen, everybody. My chains are gone. I've been set free. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.